Hey everybody, welcome to Chew Gum and Get Limber, episode 8, hosted by myself, Brennan Clark, and my good friend, Avery Greeson. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. How are you? Right on, man. I'm doing pretty good, you know. I was off today, so that was nice. Nice. I worked today. Mm. I worked, and I worked with my pal, my good buddy. Our good buddy. Our good buddy. You know him. And he, uh... He had a little knife mishap, so oh. he's okay though. Just oh, that's good. if anyone knows who we're talking about, <laughs> just leave it at that. Send just him a little, your regards. Uh, little knife, knife mishap. Yeah, I may have stabbed him. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But um, that's the biggest thing that happened to me today, pretty much. Nice. Well, that's exciting. That's <laughs> yeah, more exciting than my day. It had it had my blood pumping <laughs> <laughs> for sure, buddy. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, I'm super excited to talk about the record we were talking about. But before that, do you have any like cool local music you've been listening to? Yeah. So I feel like around here, there's been a bunch of new releases. Yeah. Actually, it's been happening a lot. There's a lot of artists that are around right now, I feel like, that are just like kind of constantly putting out things. Uh, a couple of those artists that are constantly putting out things that I think are, are really cool uh dj dollar menu um Mm -hmm. i don't know if you know yeah that person she's a great dj name yeah uh he's put out uh, a couple of singles uh splash emoji and uh, give me a minute i think he came out and said that he was going to release like a new single every day for like a certain period of time a period of time i forget but those are awesome (laughs) so those are great uh another person who's constantly putting out stuff like literally every day uh black dave i don't know if you know him yeah, he's yeah. a producer and like a an artist a rapper and stuff like that and he makes so much stuff and he's always putting it out um he put out an ep a little while ago and he's like even since the ep he's put out stuff but the ep is called uh ep 00011 so as in like 11 i guess out of <laughs> <laughs> 11, <laughs> however many 10,000 so um them uh black nicholson, black nicholson uh, our yeah. friend brad mm-hmm. he's, he's awesome great. uh he put out a song called dreams and memories he's also doing the thing where he's kind of releasing a bunch of stuff here and there he's put out a few singles but this newest one's really good some bedroom pop almost nice. but a little cooler a little more uh jammy kind of soulful it's yeah. good stuff um and then a couple of bands that we're friends with daddy's beamer put out a cover of velvet underground's pale blue yeah Eyes. i listened to it it was really good uh yeah it's great it's out on their the uh the very jazzed compilation yeah, which, which is, is it's their label right? i believe it's their mm-hmm. label so yeah. very jazzed is their label so yeah. they just did that and then uh Cicala, who's uh i'm from myrtle beach they're from myrtle beach we sort of know each other very vaguely but they put out a song called uh will uh, and it's going to be one of the singles after their new album that's going to come out in January, I think. And they put out a video for it. It's really cool. So nice. a lot of stuff came out nice. around these days. I mean, there's yeah. more, too, but yeah. that's just what I like. It's a, a good time for South Carolina music. It was yeah, like, even in yeah. these COVID days. Yeah, these wild COVID days. It seems like there might be a light at the end of the tunnel, though, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. With, uh, with some vaccine stuff cooking. Unless something crazy happens. Which there are no rules anymore. <laughs> anything could happen. Right. Um yeah, I also wanted to talk about like new releasey stuff. Uh, one of our label mates, um, for anyone that doesn't know, which I would be surprised because you're all our friends that listen. But yeah, <laughs> Avery and I play in a band called Whitehall, and we uh, just announced a couple of months ago that we have signed to a cool label called Common Ground, and they rock. And so that means we have a bunch of cool new label mates, and they're all very, very good. And uh, one of those label mates uh, released a track recently called Eve. Uh, his name is Seamus Scanlon. I had to look up how to pronounce your name, Seamus, if you end up listening to this. I'm yeah, so we'll sorry. tag you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's called Eve, and in parentheses, it's autumn acoustic. I guess he's doing like a whole series of acoustic things. Yeah, with, I, you know, I saw that. That's great. Sort of coincide with different seasons, which I think is awesome. Um, and I thought the track was really pretty. It's just like kind of tastefully arranged, a mellow little acoustic thing. Um, he's kind of got like 
Ben Gibbard vibes in his oh, vocal awesome. performance, which I thought was nice. kind of cool. Yes, um, good comparison. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Um, and also, like, I thought the I haven't listened to the other seasons instrumental tracks or uh, seasons acoustic tracks, but I I liked this one. It did it did feel like uh, autumn. That's in, good. In, as far as I interpret it. So, yeah, <laughs> it was a really good. good track, and I'm stoked to have all these cool, awesome yeah, label yeah, mates a lot of to inspire me. It's very yeah. cool. Shout out to all of them. Yeah. I wanted to ask, I got, I, right before we started recording, I got, I got a message from my mom. What's on your Christmas list uh, this year, Brennan? I have decided recently that I'm kind of like not into Christmas lists, you know? Yeah, like, I love it. Give me your hot take. Like, Give it to me. Because the whole point of gift giving, right, is like, the thoughtfulness of it and you're mm-hmm. like i know you so well that i saw this thing and i knew that you would like it you know what i mean like if you give and my family is very practical there everyone just comes up with a list and you just get everything everybody a thing there from the go. list that's cool because you get a cool thing but like i don't know just give me cash at that point you know yeah um but yeah so i like the idea of like trying to find something for somebody that they didn't ask for but they will definitely love so i've been like mom's like give me a list and i was like no and I'm, <laughs> I'm like really close to i almost have some something for everybody in my family that they like didn't specifically ask for which is kind of cool i think very nice um, my mom's the last holdout she's like she's really practical though i feel like she's the type of person that would be like get me something on my list because i'll hate everything else but we'll uh that we'll see sense. how that goes but what's uh what's on your christmas list well <laughs> that's very nice uh i like that methodology it's very good i've felt similarly about that kind of thing um when it comes to people that i'm really close to i feel like that's a good thing but if I tell my mom, like, just give me some money so I can live, <laughs> she'd be like, no, that's not, there's no fun in that, which also I agree. There's no fun in, you can't just open up a box of money, you unless know, you can, You I know guess. what's fun is, like, rent. rent. Yeah, Being if I can not awesome. worry about, that's what I've always said. If I can not worry about, like, my bills for, like, one month, that'd be so sick. That would be the greatest gift of all time. But yeah. I did, uh, I did, uh. I put on there some um, earbuds because I want oh. some, you know, new, new earbuds, nice. I guess. Just to listen to music with so we can yeah. record, you know, this podcast quicker. So yeah. we, you know, I have better earbuds. I can okay. hear the songs better. I know. Once once we start making money, we can uh, we can upgrade our little our, our setup here. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. We can get headphones. We yeah. don't even have headphones. We're yeah, just we listening we're just, dry right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> just dry, like yeah. sandpaper. Definitely. It's like a desert in here. Yeah, I feel the same. I haven't started shopping for Christmas at all yet. Um, I, I know I have so. a list of the things I know I'm going to get, but I haven't actually bought any of it, which I should hop on because I feel <laughs> like uh, it's going to take a long time to get stuff. Yeah, I'm like thinking about ship. stuff that, yeah, shipping stuff. And it's already, we're already a couple weeks out. And by the time this yeah. comes out, we'll be like a, like a week and a half out. So, yeah, oh, wow. Are yeah. we taking a Christmas break? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess we could, if we were responsible podcasters, we would get together and record a handful of episodes in advance so that we wouldn't have no, to, but we're not particularly responsible. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the listeners are along for the ride with us on yeah, that one. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> that was our Christmas tangent, I think. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start talking about yeah. this album? Yeah. So we're, today we're going to be talking about, you probably already know cause you'll, you've clicked on the name of the episode and it already told you, but oh yeah, we're true. T- yeah, I know thinking future we're, thoughts we're kind of meta over here. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about long violent history by Tyler Childers. It's a bluegrass, mostly instrumental record that kind of came out a few months ago, sort of in response to the, uh, racial unrest that was happening in the United States. Um, so it's kind of a it's kind of a heavy record, um, but it's really good. I thought, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really 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 interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's funny that like 
season two, uh, episode two, we're hitting them with another uh, easy to listen to pop zinger, you know? <laughs> no, yeah. This is a lot more obviously <laughs> traditional than the last album that mm-hmm. we recorded the podcast on. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like, it's great. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I good. do think it's worth noting before we dive too deep into it that like we're a couple of white people talking about a white person that is talking about racism. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, you know, I, 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 it's cool that, you know, we're, we're sort of commenting on the music and stuff like that, but definitely our, our perspective is, is pretty heavily limited yeah, um, in this respect. But I think it's still worth talking about because it's still a great record. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. The album is called long violent history yes did which, i not say the name of the record i don't, I don't even know long explanation uh, sometimes i get yeah. rambling and i kind of forget okay. things so if well I, it's in yeah. the title so it yeah. doesn't matter but right. for this purpose yeah. it's long violent history by tyler childers tyler childers yeah. i actually didn't know for a second I, <laughs> you for forgot. I kind of forgot we're it's professional fine. yeah um yeah great record um it's like it's all instrumental which i thought was cool and then mm-hmm. sort of as i was going through i realized that i think they're all Except for the last song, they're not originals. They're yeah. Uh, they're sort of, which I guess is typical of the bluegrass tr- bluegrass tradition, is to like play these sort of traditional canonical right. tunes that have been mm. played for like hundreds of years or whatever. And yeah. so all all but the last song, I believe, I, there are a couple I couldn't find a lot of information on, but I think they're all sort of um, you know sort of traditional tunes that every bluegrass fiddle player would know. Yeah, kind of definitely. Um, I think I read that that. He had only been playing the fiddle for about a year, but he's recording fiddle. Like some oh, did of the fiddle, he play the fiddle on, on some of these? Yeah, oh, wow. it's a lot of him. And I think the point was that it, it kind of sounded like someone who was learning the fiddle kind of play things uh, for the first time. I was listening to, or I, I read a Paste article that was mm. kind of talking about how the uh, instrumentation of the first few tracks is very intentional, where it kind of sounds a little bit more like as the as the album starts the first few songs are a little bit more light and then mm. the instrumentation gets a little slightly like darker by the middle and and that kind of thing but um yeah yeah <laughs> i uh he along with the release of the album he also released a video i don't know mm-hmm. if you saw that video. i did yeah, yeah i watched it today actually yeah it's it's really time. it's really good and he just felt like he probably needed to couple this with a, a pretty explicit explanation mm-hmm. for what was going on just because he didn't want to be misconstrued um, which I thought was probably a, a pretty wise decision on, yeah, absolutely. when talking about this sort of stuff. Um, and he just said that, yeah, it's like uh, eight instrumental tracks that sort of create a soundscape to get you sort of mentally in a space for the last song which he wrote, which is right. pretty explicitly about that. And along with that, he sort of explicitly uh, denounced, you know, white supremacy and racism mm-hmm. and all those things to an audience which is you know generally rural and white which is typically a more conservative audience right. which, which i, I really appreciate cool. like yeah. how often do you get that cross perspective you know um i think it's really important for people who are in a certain space to hear words from someone who they identify with to be able to um maybe consider different viewpoints and stuff like that so i really appreciate his his it, it, it the, the album was a surprise released on september 18th so mm-hmm. no, obviously no one knew it was going to be coming right. out and the release of the the video along with it being like here's my explanation mm-hmm. everything seems really intentional and, and it's like the the whole point of this is to make a big statement and yeah. i don't know i think it's like yeah obviously yeah. a pretty important statement to make absolutely so with that said, you want to actually jump into the yeah. The track this is another one that's going to be kind of difficult to talk about track by track because they're all classic 
Appalachian fiddle tunes. <laughs> right, which I am not particularly uh, knowledgeable about right. that musical tradition. But, but it was fun yeah. doing all the research. I actually, yeah, like, it, it is kind of neat. The, I, there are all these like old these wise things. tales that they tell yeah. that like this song was written by, and it's some wacky story. It's so ridiculous. I'm excited to kind of get into that. Yeah, I am too. Well, hey, do you want to start off yeah. with the first song? Yeah, so all that, and the first song is not a cover of a traditional bluegrass song. It's a cover of uh, Stephen Sondheim tune yeah. from uh, a musical called... Um, what was it called a little night music um from like the 70s which i remember being in like high school and for like the high school recitals like i remember very specifically a girl like singing the song and it was like very like show tuny and stuff oh that's so i have like a weird specific memory from high school in the song but yeah i thought that was like a really interesting way to start it especially in the context of the rest of the record um well i thought it was pretty beautiful i it kind of took me i i I guess it's a good like we said, and in, 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 in like he said, having these first eight songs be instrumental and have a, have it be kind of a setup to get you mentally prepared for the last one. I, I I really do feel like I like immediately am really authentically transported to like late eighteen hundreds Appalachia. So mm-hmm. I feel like um, he's from Eastern Kentucky, mm-hmm. and like his first two albums are pretty acclaimed. Most of the songs on those first two albums are about being kind of, you know, a, a hillbilly and yeah. better or worse words, you know. And um, I, I feel like this, yeah, this song just, or this this song specifically, but, you know, the rest of the album also is just, it, it is firmly traditional and stuff like yeah. that. So it feels it, a little more grown up than his, his other stuff. It's definitely yeah. like in conversation with the past, which I think kind exactly. of like is the whole point um yeah it's and i think it's i i I kept wanting to i don't know how much of this he was intending but i kept wanting to sort of like apply meaning to all the specific tunes he chose you Mm -hmm. know i was like maybe he chose it for a reason and stuff right i felt like that you would have good opinions on that sort of thing. well that's very kind i was just kind of shooting shooting in the wind on Mm -hmm. it but um you know this one in the in the musical i guess the character that sings this song is 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 referencing a uh an old like theater phrase when like if the show is like all gone to hell and everything's going uh, wrong you just you send in the clowns because it's like oh, we just, got, just be like all right we have no idea what, yeah exactly exactly don't pay attention to the clowns yeah. yeah and so she's getting she got rejected by some like love interest mm. um and then sings a song because it's like all gone to hell which i wonder if maybe uh tyler might be like nodding to the idea that sort of the state of the country or the, the social fabric of the country is all sort of gone yeah. to hell and, and all those things. I don't know, Send but maybe that could be it. Uh, I'm kind of grasping at straws a little bit. Right. Well, that's kind of what I pulled as well. It, it does seem like it, it's kind of like, uh, all right, well, we're all screwed. Everyone just check this dumb thing out. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I got that for sure, which for is sure. pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Texturally, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, it's very all obviously super traditional uh, bluegrass instrumentation oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But the production's kind of slick. It's not mm-hmm. really lo-fi. It's really like tight yeah, and well beautiful. produced. Yeah, it's really nice. You can everything's like really crisply yeah. placed. Um, it, it sounds like whoever it mixed was it was live, wonderful. Yeah, you know. So it, it sounds like it was just recorded in like the best space with the most you know yeah. pristine acoustic instruments. And yeah, stuff. it's it's a beautifully like engineered and, and mixed record for sure all yeah. throughout and so this was immediately like whoa you know because i'm sort of used to hearing that traditional bluegrass and very sort of lo-fi yeah kind of, you hear a little shh yeah, behind it you know exactly kind of. so it was, it was interesting to hear this kind of music really really tight and clean and stuff yeah, like that absolutely yeah, yeah. what did you think of the uh the next track zoli's zoli's retreat yeah i liked this song a lot the first 10 seconds uh, of it played out loud for the first time that I heard it and my brain just spat out this is a song for trains because <laughs> it, it's got this harmonica in in the in the beginning and that kind of calls out this 
sort of train whistle, which is really cool. I yeah. like it a lot. I found out that it's sort of about this famous um, Civil War battle oh. where this, I think it was a general or something, Zolly had to retreat. or I I, I don't know. I, I History, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But, <laughs> but it's kind of based on, on that. I also felt like it sort of made me, and other songs on this made me sort of feel like I was in the Shire, which is kind of funny that yeah. I feel like when you think of Appalachian Mountain tunes, like to think about, I don't know, something a little bit more um, fantastical is kind of interesting. I did get a very like soundtracky impression too. Mm-hmm. Probably oh, just absolutely, like, probably yeah. just like a hooky melody that's kind of repetitive. Maybe yeah, I don't know, that makes but sense. Um, yeah, I, I had the same impression. Do you know yeah. what that like? What do you think that wah wah kind of instrument was? It sounded like a, maybe a harmonica. You know, what I'm, I'm pretty about? sure it is a harmonica yeah. and someone who just like knows how to do it. Really yeah, well. yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I, I probably people... only heard like bad harmonica players. I haven't well, heard like a real like. Yeah, exactly. You know? Have you ever listened to Blues Traveler? <laughs> <laughs> I just know the one that was the one song that um... run a, run around. I don't know. What's no. that song called? Oh. Uh... Uh, I, I'm not gonna try. And say it. I can't. It, <laughs> That's probably it's like the on, the, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, no, don't worry. About okay, it. it's the one that Emma Stone sang, like lip synced on that Jimmy Fallon video that went viral. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, uh, Blues Traveler. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man we're a mess yeah i was really tired today was it's like, only oh. seven o'clock by I, know. The way. <laughs> I, I for some reason was not in a good headspace today but um it's okay we're here baby we're, we're ready to party we're well, taking a crack I feel like this is like okay so i have this uh relationship with lyrics where i'm like i really appreciate when someone can put a thought and a feeling into words but I'm generally more moved by instrumentation and stuff like that mm-hmm. to a degree, but reviewing albums that are instrumentals almost entirely is very difficult to me. I don't know why, yeah. but I'm just like, ah, oh, there's a lot I'm like, I want to grasp, grasp for, but other than saying like, I like the sound of the fiddle on this one, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I was having a similar problem for sure. I, I thought it was really interesting, like, to that point, like, it is totally instrumental and kind of abstract that way, mm-hmm. but it's, like, a super, like, conceptual album, obviously. It's, like, right. a, it's like a concept album about racism, basically. Yeah, and, But, absolutely. like, everything is, is so abstract and hard to, like, pin down, which I thought was kind of an interesting... Mm-hmm. Uh, also, without there. knowing, like, uh, the exact, you know, um, what is the word, like, relationships... Without knowing the exact relationships that each song has to its kind of traditional roots and stuff like that, like not being a huge bluegrass knowledge haver, mm-hmm. I guess, also makes it a little bit more difficult. Also being a lazy researcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel like I'm missing, there's a, there's probably a lot of nuance that somebody that's yeah. like steeped in bluegrass, like old time bluegrass would understand, and I'm just like, yeah, it's for the fiddle was pretty. Yeah, it sounded really good. He sounded good on that yeah. fiddle. What did you think of uh, Squirrel Hunter? Squirrel Hunter was really cool. I thought it was an interesting kind of, like you said previously, it's almost like cinematic or like soundtracky. All of these, uh, aside from the fact that it actually sounds like a train whistle on the previous song, a lot of these do sound like you're like kind of like traveling down train tracks. But um, this one specifically, I, I remember it being kind of uh, 
um, it reminded me of Big Rock Candy Mountain a little bit mm-hmm. by, uh, well, I don't know exactly who that's by, but it's a traditional song, but I remember it from A Brother Where Art Thou. Oh, okay. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And this is, all, all of this reminds me of that kind of. They're, they were all like vaguely familiar. Cause yeah. I feel like these tunes are like, have, are sort of old folk tunes that have been in movies and things like that, exactly. you know, cause they're all in the public domain. So you can just do whatever you want with them. Um, so that I feel like I've definitely heard like all of these melodies mm. before. Just, I had no idea sort of their history, which was cool to know. Yeah. This, the story for this one is kind of funny they obviously don't know where any of these songs came from right but of course the story goes that that this one uh was written by a group of uh group of guys in western pennsylvania like right by the west virginia border uh, and they hmm. were they called themselves the squirrel hunters and they they uh you know sort of held off confederate soldiers trying to get into pennsylvania oh. during the civil war and that's stuff pretty like neat that, okay kind of interesting yeah yeah and they all have wacky stories like that yeah of course I also heard some like what sounded like maybe spoons or tap dancing in the background. Yeah. It was kind of nice. I don't know. Every time they introduced like a new element or something to give it some flavor, yeah. I really enjoyed. Kind of hear it in your ears. Yeah, some... sounds like they're having a hoedown in the yeah. background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm so... from the south and we're from the south, so when I make fun of southern things, I feel like it's fine. Yeah, we, we can we can do that. <laughs> when I talk like this, yeah, nobody we can make cares fun of southern very people because we are southern people. Exactly. And yeah, that's right. <laughs> So the next song is called Sludge River Stomp. Yes. This is definitely one of my favorite ones. I yeah, thought this I song was really great. Uh, yeah, I said it had my favorite melody. Yeah, um, my, mine too. Album, I think it's really sure. emotional, but it's it's really, it's kind of serene mm-hmm. almost as well, which is funny. It's called Sludge River Stomp. Yeah. You know? It had that, um, like it sounded like somebody blowing into a big old moonshine bottle, that like yeah, mouth noise jug, instrument. Yeah, the, the jug, jug sound. Yeah I, yeah, I really dig that because the way it kind of mixes in with the sound of the stand-up bass, there's yeah. something about it that makes it sort of sound like one instrument, you know? Yeah, so, I think that, yeah, they're like doubling the part, so it yeah. adds a lot of texture to the like It's really cool. It's like you're blowing on a stand-up bass and it's just going home. Boom, boom, or whatever yeah, you know great. it was so cool and yeah. i liked that it was like in a swung eighth thing but randomly they would kind of like yeah veer into straight eighth note territory yeah. and kind of like flow back and forth it was really kind of like that's right messy and sloppy in a cool way yeah um, that's this one i i'd forgotten about that it felt very live it really did feel like a bunch of dudes just like hanging out they'd be like all right we're like, going this way now yeah, yeah. exactly it like, was really okay. this one was really fun to listen to i, I enjoyed it um which uh, one observation i made while i was listening to this too is all these songs feel kind of like short and repetitive yeah they've just got like a melody that they just kind of like play over and over and jam a little bit which i thought was kind of cool and i'm assuming is pretty common in like Mm -hmm. older bluegrass music which is kind of interesting because it feels like it's maybe ahead of its time because people always talk about that in like modernist minimalism and stuff like that and it's really these dudes in the mountain have been goofing off on that sort of stuff like a hundred years you know (laughs) overall to like a hundred years now yeah, that is pretty neat. Yeah, I've I've listened to like a little bit of they call it new grass, like the more modern oh, like Punch Brothers and, duh, and those okay. sorts of bands. Of um, course, like one of Chris Dealey's like four bands, but yeah. <laughs> they call it like new grass, and it's sort of like a more modern bluegrass. And I've gotten into that, but I haven't listened to a ton of this stuff. That's and cool. Now I kind of want to. You can um you can totally see too kind of where the um sort of that jazz tradition came out of this whole like folk blues bluegrass tradition kind of thing. Um, you know, you have that simple repeated melody and then they sort of start riffing off of it and, and improvising on it and stuff like that, which I think is kind of cool. It's, it's yeah. cool to see that progression. I agree. Wow. Yeah. It's cool to think about the history of music in in terms of of just how it kind of <laughs> came in because it had no other choice but to be almost. It really just yeah. does seem like there's no other options other than like Appalachian music had to happen and then it had to 
break off and influence jazz and blues and like I don't know uh, cyclical and reciprocating and all that stuff. I think it's really interesting. Ding ding! No, I ding. left my laptop volume on and Weston texted me. That's okay. So the uh, the next track is called Midnight on the Water, uh, and I like this one a lot. Um, it was another traditional tune. It was people think it was probably written by a Texas fiddler named Luke Thomason or Red Luke, as he was Ooh, known Luke. in the biz. I wonder who he stole it from. <laughs> That's, I'm sure I, he didn't. That was get the it. thing I've been thinking about too. Is like a lot of these people are like credited with writing songs, but no one really knows. Because they're and, the people that stood up and went, "Well, I wrote that." Yeah, like, no, exactly. you didn't. My <laughs> cousin Jeffrey wrote it, but he'll never know about Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, I love. Yeah, I, yeah. I would love to know the real stories behind any of these. Me too, but, honestly. You know. Yeah, it's funny how they like uh, grow to become. It's yeah, I don't know, folk songs, folk tales, all that mm. kind of thing. This one was Permeation. nice. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> I like that this one was kind of down tempo too. It was a nice mm-hmm. break from like the the boot stomping. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, it's yeah, and it was like mid-tempo. a walt, little waltz in three. It was kind of kind of nice. I enjoyed it. It was all right. No, I liked it a lot too. I thought it was uh, that was good. Um, yeah, there weren't any really that I didn't like, and I feel like yeah. that's just because I don't have like we've been saying this whole time like enough of, of of a knowledge of the tradition to be like that's good or that's bad. It was all just like that's just really pretty bluegrass. Music, yeah, definitely. You know? Wow, I feel like we could say that about you know a lot of a lot of the things that we specifically happen to take a look at a lot of the time. We just happen to like listen to things where we're like, well, we know nothing about this tradition, but <laughs> here we are. Yeah, here we are about talking it. about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just maybe everyone else can, you know. What, what do we know a lot about that we could talk about next time? Like, <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. I feel lost entirely. Uh, yeah, that's true. Camp Chase is the next song. Sorry, that was really <laughs> abrupt. Camp but... Chase is the next song. This one has my favorite, uh, like, little origin legend of all of them. Um, the story goes that there was a fiddler named Solly Carpenter. Um, and he was in like a prison camp called Camp Solly during this, or Camp Chase, excuse me. That's his name. Uh. He was in a prison camp called Camp Chase, uh, during the Civil War. And the warden comes out to all the prisoners and he says, We're going to have a fiddle contest. And the best fiddler gets to walk free. <laughs> and wow. so he, he, this guy, he's like, All right. So they all, they all play kind of the same tune. And this guy, Solly, adds some kind of like faster high notes and stuff like that. Mm which became this song, and so that's sort of the... Oh. So, and he got his freedom, because apparently this song was so good that it was wow. worth releasing him from It got him from out Camp of prison. Chase. Yeah. What did he do to get in there? Uh, well, apparently he was a like a Civil War prisoner of war. Oh, a, a prisoner of war. Yeah, it was like a war prison. Uh, he was say, a Confederate soldier, too. Which uh, is, ah, yeah. punch him. Yeah, punch him. Which uh, apparently <laughs> the song, there are some lyrics to the song somewhere, and they're sort of mm-hmm. explicitly about like the history of the Civil War. That makes sense. Um, so this one seems to be, as we get closer to that last track, they seem to sort of get more and more sort of yeah. closer to that actual theme. Specific this one seems to, to be kind of explicitly home. about the themes of the, the album, which I thought was kind of interesting. Jenny Lynn is the next song. Um, this one. I thought was uh, very pretty. It's another, this one was sort of like lower tempo as well. It didn't feel like necessarily we were like doing a jig or dancing around, but this one also gave me really intense kind of like Shire vibes. I don't know yeah. why, but it had that like, like pan flute. Yeah. That's in what the background. Did you yeah, hear that? Yeah. Did. Like yeah. That's kind of what gave kind of needling in the, which was again, nice. I wish they would have had some like 
random different instrumentation on a lot of the right. songs just to kind of help me differentiate because i don't listen to i think it. by the time we get to Ch- camp chase i'm like okay which song are we on right now yeah <laughs> i know what you which, mean you know if this is the, the benefit of like having the extra knowledge about this while listening is really cool yeah. just being like i know what it's about but also it's just like beautiful to listen to and, and not like i guess that's the duality of it is that mm. there's so much going on in the ideas and stuff like that but yeah, the songs I can are all kind of like cyclical to... and just sort of going and going. So it's oh, kind of like... Is that part of the metaphor? I think, know? yeah. Oh, wow. shoot. I didn't even mean to, but you're so right. Like the I, the music reflects history yeah, in a really it does. interesting, fascinating way. We're just back wow. at it. Wow. Wow. Well, we come to realizations on the podcast. Live on air, baby. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> an air horn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 But yeah, no, I think that the music is sort of, it works, it's beautiful in not the same way that like a rock song or a pop song is just because it's a totally different, I mean, this music's like two, three hundred years old, some of these songs. And so it's like, they're not considering memorability the same way that maybe Mm -hmm. you and I are, I think, you know, it's sort of music that's meant to be like jam to at night on a front porch. Exactly. You know, it's, it's just release. It's not meant for anything but like the, the release of making it. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. So. I think it's definitely like a live communal kind of tradition more mm-hmm. than it is like a like a sit and listen to and enjoy on an right. album. Um which it can be sit sat and listen. It's just we're sort of like maybe trying to fit a square peg in a round hole yeah. at times trying to analyze Absolutely. it as we would Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a pop song when we should probably just get a banjo out and sit on the porch, and that would be the best way to sort of honor yeah. the tradition, perhaps. I like that. Yeah, that's the that's our call to arms on this podcast. Is you should go find some sort of acoustic instrument. And yeah, Banjos learn, are awesome. Learn one of the songs. I found this website that had all the like sheet music for all the oh. songs and all and that sort of thing. So it's like they're all written down and and mm-hmm. sort of they've been around for so long. Everybody knows them. You could go to any bluegrass jam probably and whip one of these out and yeah, I don't know. be like, oh, this guy. Yeah, this Definitely. guy knows Bonaparte's <laughs> Retreat. Segways are weird. Only he knows. <laughs> all right, yeah, Bonaparte's Retreat. This is the I think this is the shortest song on the album. It's mm-hmm. like less than two minutes or whatever. Um, I think it's gr- it's great. I, it's is it just fiddle pretty much the whole time? Just one fiddle yeah. the whole time. Pretty I thought it was like refreshingly sparse. It I was liked really it a beautiful. lot. Yeah, I, was like... I remember it being like, a, oh, I'm looking up now and being like, oh, this is mm-hmm. this is something special here, which I I think is a great lead into like the the last song. It kind of gives you the uh, the moment of of breathing and just kind of one kind of meandering melody to get you ready for like. The hard stuff, the hard you know? Stuff. Do you think um, if the first song was a reference to some Civil War general's retreat, do you think this was a reference to Napoleon? Napoleon I'm retreat? assuming it's got to yeah. be. It's, it's yeah. got to be, But it's yeah. like, it's pretty far removed from like right. Europe and things like that. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there is some kind of... If we had a social media following, I would love to ask people like, can you guys figure this out for me? Because yeah. I would love to know this <laughs> right. one. Because it was, you know, an old tune that had been played for ages and nobody knows. But uh, a guy named Pee Wee King wrote some lyrics to it and like kind of popularized oh, okay. it. And this unrelated to, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like a love song or whatever. Right. Um, but Interesting. Uh, yeah. So I would love to sort of know the relationship to this one and the other retreat song if there is one. I don't know. There's got to be. Yeah. And maybe there's not. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but it's really pretty. I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. Now for the uh, the big the, the big, big kahuna. finale. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, this one was really heavy. Yeah, um, it is really heavy. The lyrics were pretty like unpretentious and straightforward. You know, which I think was appropriate for the style. Um, and Tyler Childers just talks about how like 
racism is a thing. And if, if, you know, the white community had maybe experienced some of the suffering that, that the black community had, then, then, uh, you know, we might be as angry and as, as perhaps violent as, as, uh, they're being in sort of that, that riotous tumultuous time that he was sort of responding to, mm-hmm. um, when he wrote the the song and the album. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. It's just heavy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really is. I mean, and in his, uh, in his video that he released kind of with, in, in, with the album, uh, he just mentioned that he thinks that empathy might be a big sort of, or lack of empathy rather, might be a big sort of source of the, the tension and the difficulty, yeah. you know, people not recognizing that their perspective limits their, their, um, you know, ability to understand and, and, and empathizing regardless. Right. Um, I think there's a lot of people thinking that they get it. And I'm sure I'm one of those people to, sure. to a degree and just not getting it at all, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I, I hope that I'm open to learning all the time. You know, I, I have right. conversations and, and talk to people and experience things and I'm like, Oh wow. I, I really never thought of it that way. And I hope I can, can continue to do that and never get super stuck in thinking right. that I know anything. I think it, yeah, that's probably <laughs> breaking down the big topics here, yeah. but I don't know. I feel like that it, there's so, so much tension that comes from of a lack of just being able to understand someone else's perspective. Yeah. So, I uh, I wrote down <laughs> some lyrics here that I thought kind of kind of summed up the album in like a few lines that I thought was kind of cool. Um, he says at one point in this song, he says, "Now what would you get if you heard my opinion?" conjecturing on matters that i ain't never dreamed in all of my days as a white boy from hickman based on the way that the world's been to me it's called it's called me belligerent it's took me for ignorant but i ain't never once it ain't never once made me scared just to be and i was like yeah i mean that's yeah in in pretty explicitly not in any abstract way kind of articulates what what a lot of people have been trying to get everybody to understand right. for a long time so i don't understand what the argument against that is but yeah whatever yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's pretty interesting um it's so simple it's so simple <laughs> i know i know now i'm just sad yeah um, me too dang <laughs> yeah it was i mean the song was like pretty beautiful though it was really poignant I thought. yeah like just it the, had that kind of like boom chick chick kind of yeah. like vibe to it that bluegrass tends to have here and there yeah i thought just sort of the straightforwardness and sort of like earthiness of it really made it hit home a little harder you're like oh this is just like real and raw and and all those things and especially Um, i mean just like obviously the fact that it's the only one with lyrics on the entire album anyway mm -hmm. but to just be like hey this is the point listen please yeah yeah it's great he did a really good job of sort of pointing listeners to that moment and Mm -hmm. really making it hit home just from like an aesthetic perspective yeah you know whether it was any sort of theme it just happens to be a really heavy theme but he did like a a pretty like incredible job I thought of yeah. of being like this is my point I'm gonna get you to understand it and so I feel like I could play this for my dad and he'd be like whoa yeah <laughs> you know yeah and he sort of he played on the conventions of a musical tradition to mm. further that point like the cyclical nature like we talked about right. of of the style and sort of this this historical traditional knowledge and and long sort of history of the music. And I thought right. that was a really beautiful parallel to yeah. the things that he was talking about, racism and whatnot. It was just like, I don't know, just a masterclass in a concept album. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just like how authentic it, it seemed to be in every moment, but like saying, saying modern things, but tinged with all the history that it, that it that yeah. is tinged with. Yeah. It's beautiful. Definitely. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful, sad, heavy. I mean, right. listen to it. Just, you know, I don't know, be emotionally prepared. It's not like a, 
it, a fun, easy listening record is definitely like yeah. A, you might want to do a little, you know, dance here and there, but at the at the core of it, it's yeah. trying to tell you something. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. Yeah, it kind of feels weird to make any jokes at the end of it, so I guess we'll just yeah. uh, <laughs> probably just sign off. I guess. Hey, it's Brennan Avery sitting in my room again. Our sign-off got kind of cut off in a weird way, so here's us signing off for real. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.